Welcome to Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ashton. I am the Inflation Guy, and I am your host. And this uh, this morning, we're going to do, we're going to do the monthly CPI report. But before we get started, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Sense and Sensibility is sponsored by Simplify ETFs. Simplify is a new ETF provider offering alternative investment strategies with full transparency, daily liquidity, and low costs. Some of their hedge fund style strategies include managed futures, commodity trend following, steepener trades, and more. If you are an individual investor or RIA, you will likely find a compelling alternative investment from Simplify that can help improve your portfolio. Check out their website at simplify.us. That's simplify.us, and you can find their entire lineup of ETFs at simplify.us/etfs. And as always, thank you very much to our sponsor. I am uh, recording this uh, on location in Miami, Florida, um, where uh, where my my son goes to school, and I'm here to pick him up. And so I'm doing this uh, remotely, as it were, uh, but that doesn't change any of the numbers. And um, uh, but if the levels sound a little bit differently, it's because I'm recording this in a different in a different manner. But uh, hopefully, still pretty high quality. We will uh, see on playback, I guess. Um, so the the summary from for today's report um, is that. Although the overall number, the core number came in slightly higher than expectations, core inflation was 0.41% month on month, and, and people had been looking for you know, 0.38 or so. Um, I was higher than that, and I'll get to that in, the, in a second. Um, and, uh, but, but although that number was a little bit higher than, than expected, there, there were some good things that were going on internally. Um, and I think we can sort of tell a a reasonably compelling story or we can make a reasonably compelling case here that the um, uh, the internals the diffusion indices and and you know all the all the various ways you can look at kind of really the quality of the number are all kind of now pointing in the direction that suggests that we we have seen um, at least for for a while now, um, going forward, we've we've seen a peak in inflation. We've seen a peak in median inflation and core inflation, um, and uh, and unlike when we had the whole transitory nonsense, you remember that that everybody was saying that uh, you know the inflation that we were getting in in twenty twenty one was just temporary and and it would go away immediately. At that time, there was. It was obvious that it wasn't going to be transitory because all the arrows were pointing in the wrong direction. All of the arrows were pointing towards inflation being higher, even though some of the, you know, really obvious stuff like, you know, delays at the ports and things like that, you know, told a great story. The internals of all the data suggested that things that didn't come in through the ports were still having inflationary problems. And so it was really clear that that was not going to be transitory. At least it should have been clear to anybody spending any time with the data. Um, now, really, for the first time, we're seeing sort of a, a deceleration and an improvement in these in, in internals. Now, 
don't get me wrong, inflation is not about to drop to 2%. Um, but it's at least heading in the right direction. And, and that sort of supports what the Fed uh, did last week. And I'll get to that in a moment. But um, getting into the data again. So last month, one of the things which made inflation sort of surprise a little bit on the downside was that rents, uh, both primary rents and owner's equivalent rents, both decelerated sharply. They'd been going up seven-tenths of a percent a month, and suddenly they were going up, you know, 0.48 um, just suddenly in one month. And and that always seemed, you know, a lot of people celebrated that because there are, in many quarters, people are looking for a sharp deceleration in rents because you're seeing that in some of the, you know, like the Zillow rent data and some of the other not very good quality data, but they're very timely data. Um, and so the story that a lot of the disinflationists, frankly, the deflationists have been telling is that housing is going to collapse, rents are going to collapse, inflation is going to collapse, and the Fed's going to have to, you know, ease back to zero. Um, and, and that was never a very good story. But when we saw last month that rents dropped to 0.48, all of a sudden, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of quiet celebration. And so I, I didn't believe it. Uh, that's, rent is something which doesn't move very fast, um, at least in the CPI. And so, and, 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 uh, and frankly, the internals in the housing market right now are improving. They're not getting worse. So I didn't really think that that was, was likely to be true. And, and in fact, this month, rents did rebound some, but only some. You know, there is every reason to think that rent inflation will slow, but it, it's going to slow from 9% down to something more reasonable. Um, so that's that's not the, the, the question. And, and by the way, the question in kind of all this inflation stuff um, is, is and is going to be, um, okay, it's slowing. How far is it slowing and how fast? And that is the question with each individual piece. With rents, yes, it's they're slowing. And I, I believe now that we've had two months that we're kind of, you know, lower than the prior trend, that probably means that inflation is now, that rental inflation is now peaked and is coming down. But I don't think it's going to come down very quickly, nor nearly as far as, as the disinflationist deflationists um, expect. Moving over to core services. So, so rents are important because they move very slowly. And if you get rents generally, if you, if you want deflation, if you think you want to have deflation, you can't do it if rents are going up at 6% a year. Um, it's just too big a piece of, of the consumption basket. The other piece, and I've been highlighting this now for well over a year, and, and the Fed's been on it now for half a year or something, um, is the, the core services X rents. And so that's sort of the second slow, second most slowest moving piece, and it's the piece that responds to wages. So, um, you know, there's services. And so when you get inflation high enough for long enough, and so that wage um, settlements start to reflect the inflation that has been seen, then that's how you get a wage price spiral, which doesn't mean that wages and prices keep going up and accelerating faster and faster, but it does mean that there it, it imparts some momentum to the whole process that gets maintained. And so we, we've been on that story for, for, for some time. And if you've been listening to these podcasts, you've heard me tell that story a number of times. Um, and and that number two was, was better in in 
in this month's CPI. Um, another piece which actually isn't in core services X rents, um, but is 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 still a service and still is very tightly related to, to wages, is food away from home. And food away from home also decelerated a little bit this month. So even though median wages aren't really coming down aggressively, they are coming down, they are decelerating a little bit. And so we're starting to see maybe that, yes, there's still momentum in, in that process, in that in that quarter of the CPI or so, but that momentum is is gradually slowing. And so that's also good news. And it's, um, you know, just like with the rents, those are both good news things, but the question is how far, how fast. Now with core services X rents, we do have to keep something in mind, which is a little bit of a fly in the ointment. And that is that one of the things which is in core services X rents is, is health insurance. And health insurance in the CPI is, is actually a plug figure um, because most of us don't actually buy insurance directly. We buy it through our employer uh, for the most part, um, or our employer pays for it. And to the extent that you know we're on Medicare um, and the government pays, then that's not in CPI at all. But all of the, 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 the medical services that we pay for, we tend to pay for through insurance, and um, and a lot of the cost of insurance is paid for by the employer. So the way the BLS ends up having to do it is, is they sort of measure all of medical care, uh, what inflation is doing, and then they kind of reconcile that with what insurance companies are paying and, and sort of mark it to market once a year. And, and normally that just means that, and that health insurance is kind of there for a plug number. It has nothing to do with the how much your health insurance costs went up. Over time, it probably should, but it doesn't in any short-term way. And so once a year, there's an adjustment, and that adjustment gets smeared over the whole year. Well, normally it's not a big deal, but earlier this year, the the adjustment for kind of you know, the following 12 months, uh, all of this year and then, and then part of the beginning of next year, is a huge drag in health insurance. And it's it's not rational. It has nothing to do, again, with, with health insurance costs, but that's the number that's in there. And so that is dragging down core services X rents. The reason that's a fly in the ointment is it's not real. And, and, and in fact, we kind of know it's going to swing the other way at the next adjustment, which is, you know, early part of next year, you know, January or February. And so, you know, we, we have to, Try hard not to get too excited about core services X rents decelerating, but still, it's better than than accelerating. Okay, so so all these things are are a little bit better now. The Fed last week tightened hiked rates to five and a quarter. I, I said last month I didn't think they would hike. There was really no reason that twenty five basis points is meaningless, and they did it anyway, partly because they'd set everyone up to do it, and they didn't want to look like they were panicked about banking and so on. Whatever, twenty five basis points doesn't matter. But they sort of telegraphed that they're done um, and and that they intend to keep rates high for a while. And, and the market doesn't believe them. The market thinks they'll start easing in a few months. Um, I don't. I think that um, there is, in this, in the inflation data now, we have this, what, we have a story that's fairly consistent in both the internals and the actual reported numbers that inflation has peaked and is coming down. 
what is unclear is how fast is it coming down and how far is it coming down? And of course, that's always the question. That's always been the question. Um, but, but now that the Fed has actually, you know, repelled the invader from the gates, it can afford to wait a little bit and see how far inflation comes down. And I, I believe that what's going to happen is later in 2023 is the Fed's going to say, hmm, inflation's not really coming down as fast as we wanted. And then they will have a difficult decision to make whether they want to keep tightening, you know, whether they want to start raising rates again um, or, or what they want to do. But it's, it's prudent now to, to wait, and I think they're going to wait for a while. But to, but to understand kind of where we are in that process and why I don't think it's going to play out quite the way the market seems to think is that you can sort of look at, you know, over the next few months, we've got some pretty high core CPIs from last year that will be dropping off. And so core inflation will seem to improve now for, for a few years on a year-on-year basis or for a few months. And um, but but whether it improves past that is really a question because for the last five months now we've had you know basically 0.4 percent on core, um, which is better than it was early part of last year. We were getting 0.6s and 0.7s, so 0.4 is better, but it's still a five percent rate of inflation, and it's been pretty stable for five months. So the question is, okay, if you want to get inflation to two percent or 3% on core this year, can you do it? The answer is, yeah, of course, in theory, you can do it. You could get zero inflation now, and, and you'd get there pretty fast. But realistically, can we? Well, look, if, if we get 0.3 on core every month instead of 0.4, guess what? We don't get, down, we don't get below 4% 4 inflation for the year. To get below four, to get to three point nine eight percent inflation for for 20, core inflation for twenty twenty three, you need to get 0.27 every month on core. Now, what's that mean? Well, we haven't seen a 0.27 <laughs> since COVID, so we haven't seen anything that low. The lowest we've seen in the last uh, year or so has been 0.31, and so you have to have a number that we haven't seen yet. And you got to have six or seven of them in a row um, in order to get to 3.98 this, this, this year. To get anything into the low threes, you have to have it a lot lower than that. You've got to be printing you know, below, you know, below 0.2. Um, that's not going to happen. I, I think that's, that's incredibly unlikely to happen unless rents really do collapse. And there's just no sign of those of, of rapid changes in these slow-moving things. And so I, th I think what that means from the Federal Reserve and, and, and markets and investors is that we really are in a holding pattern of, of a wait-and-see pattern here. Um, and, and I think it's going to take until later this year before it really starts to resolve. And there'll be people who push back on, on what's happening uh, regardless. But, but I think it's going to be um, evident it's not going to be, become really evident to most people until we've had another few numbers. If we get some more point fours on core, God forbid we get a point five and people will lose their, their whatever over it. You know, we get a point three, make people feel a bit better, but it's going to bounce around as, as these numbers do. And it's going to take a while for this to become clear that we're not getting point ones and point twos again. And so we're not back to the old inflation process that we'd enjoyed for so very, very long. 
Um, so that's, I think, where we stand. We had a number this month was a little bit worse than expected, slightly higher, but the internals are doing the right sorts of things. And so, you know, we're going to sort of watch and see how that, that story develops. We're going to continue to watch rents. We're going to continue to watch core services, X rents, and that wage uh, feedback. Look, the economy is softening. We are setting, I've been saying it for a long time now. We're going to have a recession in 2023. It's not going to be a very bad recession, it doesn't look like. Um, but, you know, that will help loosen up the labor market a little bit, which will help all those parts of the economy that rely on on wages to, de- to disinflate a little bit. But that's, that's the good news, I guess. And the bad news is that, you know, the core good side of things where we were getting all this great improvement that's kind of stopped going down, I and mean, we've 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 wrung most of the inflation out of the goods side that we that we can reasonably expect, and so the progress from here is going to be slow, uh, and um, and you know it's it's going to be interesting, and there'll be a lot of debate each and every month. But I think that that's it's now that's now the 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 question uh, and the process that I think we are in now. So uh, so that's. All for today's uh, CPI uh, on location here in Miami. Um, all for today's podcast. Um, I want to remind you, please like and subscribe and refer others to this podcast if you like it. Um, I've seen some reviews on Apple Podcasts. I didn't even know there were reviews on Apple Podcasts. I didn't pay any attention to it. I've seen some very nice reviews, and I like them, and I, I appreciate them. So please review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that's really good for us. People who are looking for new podcasts see those reviews, and they say, hey, I might want to try that out. So uh, you can really help help me uh, by doing that, and I appreciate it. Um, we're going to have another guest here in the next uh uh, I think it might be next week, um, who I think you'll really like. We're going to talk about de-dollarization. Anyway, that's all for today's podcast. You can contact me at inflationguy at enduringinvestments.com or subscribe for free to the blog at inflationguy.blog. And, um, you know, always visit in- Enduring Investments if you have an inflation challenge that you would like uh, my help on. And most importantly, and always, defend your money. And if inflation is coming for you, remember... You know a guy.